Welcome back. Today I've got uh, my good friend Bill Heckert. He's going to be sharing his story of God's grace, and I know it will blow your mind. So don't you go anywhere. We're going to have that story in just a minute. All right, Bill. Thanks for coming. I know that that sharing your heart and sharing your life is, um, it can be difficult to remember everything, but also it can be difficult just going through everything and, rem- and share, making sure you make all the points and all the things. So, um, But also, you're my very first guest. After all these episodes of doing the podcast, you're my first guest, so congratulations, Bill. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, if you want to just introduce yourself um, a little bit, where you're from. Uh, yeah, my name's William Heckert, actually. <laughs> it's uh, I'm from uh, um, northern Ohio, Fremont, Ohio. Um, born and raised, but uh, I'm, I've lived in Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Tennessee. And I've actually stayed in Tennessee longer than anywhere else oh, yeah. <laughs> other than home. Well, Tennessee's yeah. the best place. Right, right. Because <laughs> I only lived a couple years or a few years everywhere else. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take too long because this is a big story. This is a lot of things. So I'll just let you get into it. Um, just just kind of start at the beginning from a young age of how your life was. And we'll, we'll go through the story. All right. Well, growing up when I was little, I was always allowed to drink. And, uh, I mean, like the first time I recall, uh, ever being drunk, actually, I was only about five. I was drinking my mother's, um, uh, I think it was cherry vodka and I was having a great time until I got sick. So yeah. that was such a great time. Um, but, uh, I was always allowed to drink growing up and I know that was some, something you wanted to, wanted me to touch on. Um, but, um, by the time I was six, I, um, you know, I had to like the realization of evil and, you know, I chose the dark side because, you know, it was late, whatever you want to do. So, um, you know, obviously that was very tempting because especially a little kid, you know, just be able to do what you want or get what you want or serve evil to you for riches and so on and so forth is, uh, rather tempting. And, um, uh, I mean, by the time, you know, I was 10, I was a total Satanist and, you know, from there I'd started studying black magic and, but it was really studying black magic is where I realized I was wrong. I was on the wrong side and I, um, totally turned to God. I, I mean, I completely, did a 180 in life because I realized I was so wrong. The first time that I went to pray because I knew all the nasty things that I have said and, and it wasn't like I did a lot to people, you know, it was more of where my heart lied and, and I was just totally gung ho Satanist and I was a total devil worshiper by the time I was 10. Yeah. Well, we'll get right back to some of that, but, um, so, you just you were talking about your childhood and how uh, how enticing evil was um a lot of that is partly due to the fact of how you you were basically um doing whatever you wanted without without guidance and supervision 
And so you mentioned alcohol at five years old. Um, and, you know, kind of share the progression of, of some of the things that, that happened from five to ten years old. Uh, well, I'm, well, I know you wanted me to mention. Yeah, I, I, first time I was ever sexually active was, was like seven years old. No, it wasn't, you know, I was not the pursuer, but it wasn't, you know, and I've had people say something, oh, well, you were molested. No, I was a willing participant. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that I was molested. It was, I already knew what was up and it was like, yeah. Well, you know? exactly. And it's, <laughs> you know? it's, you know, it's the heart. Now it doesn't change the fact that it, that, you know, it was wrong to be in those situations. A child shouldn't be put in those situations, but that's the circumstances. That's what you're dealing with. And so, like you said, you had that realization of, of the empowerment of evil. And right. um, so, you know, that's seven years old, already sexually active. Um, that's, I know in our culture, we're seeing a lot more of that type of thing. But at that point in history, that was, you know, that wasn't a normal situation for a child history (laughs) you know throughout history children have you know have not been exposed to those types of environments on on you know on a regular basis i'm not saying there aren't exceptions but that to me that's one of the things that struck me about your your life and so so um you know that's seven years old um at nine and ten years old you said you're already a satanist at ten um you said alcohol at five and drugs are at, um, we were talking before you said nine, nine years old. Yeah. First time I ever, well, I might even have been about eight with my sisters, you know, cause I had four or three older sisters and, um, you know, what's all we did was party, dude. I mean, like, I mean, not only was I allowed to drink at home, like when we had parties and things like that, cause my dad would have like five huge parties every year. And, um, but other than that, I mean, like I grew up by a summer resort and everybody there partied. I mean, we used to go out, you know, on the weekends and stuff like that and I'll go party and we all would go down to this big dance hall and, um, you know, uh, my dad would take multiple tables and have like 12 people there with pitchers of beer and we'd go get trash. I was a little kid, you know, and, uh, um, I mean, other than that, I used to hang out with my sisters. We all used to go to the drive-in together, man. And, uh, I mean, we'd have cases of beer in in the car with us, you know. And uh, I think I was probably about eight when I smoked weed with my sisters. But um, but definitely nine. When I was about nine, the first time I ever recall smoking a uh, joint by myself, I was about nine. And uh, I remember it was uh, Red Bud and Strawberry Papers. And... I was pretty stoned, uh, yeah. but I thought it was great. I, mean, yeah. I loved it, you know, but, uh, anyway, the, uh, I mean, yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, I partied for years up until my kids were born. Yeah. Once my, once my daughter was born, that was, yeah. that was it, dude. <laughs> and, um, yeah, when my oldest daughter was born, that's when I just like stopped doing everything really. Yeah. And, um, but and that happens for a lot of people, thankfully. A friend of mine says that our children are for for our salvation a lot of times right. because a lot of times it does. It puts us in perspective to realize, hey, this thing in my life's got to go <laughs> because right. I have to take care of somebody. And, you know, talking about th- this was your life, you weren't taken care of and parented that way. And so having that realization because of the process that we're about to tell a little bit more of the details in your life, the um, that that's a wonderful thing that you were able to step up and be a totally different man than your parents were. Oh, I, I, I totally, <laughs> I mean, it, well, and not only that, I was, um, 
couple of, you know, in between there, right, and we're, I know we're going to go over more details, but in between there, like, I, I had actually, when I first got saved, I had totally stopped partying too, but I didn't go to church or anything, you know, so, I mean, eventually I'm back with, you know, doing cocaine and doing, you know what I mean, just, you know, but I still considered myself a Christian, you know, but I never went to church or nothing. I've never really... I never spent time didn't in church. That foundation. No, that's just it, dude. I mean, I absolutely loved God. I mean, you know, I, I just, um, I, I mean, partying and doing drugs is all I knew. Yeah, that was your life. You know, right? That was that was it. I mean, all my friends all party. Well, that's that, all that's we did. an awesome thing about this story is, you know, Jesus talked about the sowing of the seeds. You know, some seed fell among thorns and was choked out. You could have been choked out, right. and and Satan tried to choke you out many different times, but you responded each time to God. And that I love that because that could have easily happened to you. And so I praise mm-hmm. God for the fact that, that he held on to you and you, you continue to follow him. Okay. So let's go back to, um, about 12, 13 years old when you really started dabbling into witchcraft. Well, I, I probably about 12, I started really studying black magic and witchcraft and things like that. But then I had acquired a book from a friend of mine that was definitely, it was someone that I met when, and um, they definitely had studied that kind of stuff for years. And I'd end up getting a book from them. In fact, I traded them like $300 worth of stuff for this book. It was actually black, bound in red with the Eye of Horus inscribed in gold on it. And if you open that book, in the center of the book, it had Baphomet in it. It was a uh, drawing by Elphus Levi Dell of Baphomet. One half of the book, the first half of the book was all sorcery, red magic of the pyramids. It was all Egyptian sorcery. And um, the other half of the book was all European grimoires. It was called the Grand Grimoire, which is all the grimoires combined. I mean, you hear about like selling your soul to the devil and stuff like that. Well, the recipe book for doing exactly that was in there. There was over 150 demon signatures to summons in that book. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things by studying that is how I actually, um, that's how I realized I was on the wrong side. That's how I realized I was wrong because they tried to manipulate angels. Like the whole thing in a lot of those books they like the whole circle that you stand in to protect yourself from the demons you're summonsing is all like angels names and stuff so they try to manipulate both sides they try to use good to protect them from the evil they're invoking to do their bidding i mean it's straight up in that book there was over 150 demons all the way from lucifer down so as they're selling as they're selling and teaching darkness how to, right. how to sell your soul to the devil how do you how right. do you become a, a slave still trying to use god to protect there, you yeah and that that's what i love that's, about your story is, that, as, is that that's what woke you up that's what right that it is <laughs> it is and that's what it was is they were still trying to manipulate you know holy i don't want to say holy spirits because right. you're going yeah. holy spirit but you know right but they they're understood, using, they're they understood that good, the good had the power to right. stop the evil exactly exactly <laughs> and that's what really really you know made me wake up that, that is, it was i mean that's what's messed up i'm studying black magic studying summonsing demons yeah. and necromancy and all this stuff that really made me what is what made me realize you're on the wrong side dude and that's the holy spirit that's the power of god he's taking a child who has been exposed to all different kinds of things that 
a child it shouldn't. It is abuse. It mm-hmm. was abuse. You were you lived through abusive things, whether the, your parents intended abuse or not, by neglect and by the circumstances of your life. You you were mentally, emotionally, and spiritually abused, and the struggle of that causes damage, causes scars, causes choices. But God saw you. And so he uses the very instrument of Satan to, that is selling your soul and controlling it. And he brings you to him through that. I love that. That is actually what totally changed me. <laughs> I did. I started realizing I was on the wrong side. And, you know, by the time I totally I did a 180, I just bawled for like 45, 50 minutes trying to pray. The first time I went to pray, I just bawled my eyes out for you know, yeah. 45, 50 minutes, man, because I knew all the nasty stuff that had come out of my mouth. You know, yeah. it would I mean I was, I was a pretty vile kid, but I, you know, and it was right before, you know, shortly before I turned 16 is, I mean, I just completely changed, man. I mean, did a total 180 and was very, very remorseful and repentant of all the stuff I've done and said, yeah. you know, and all the antichrist demonic oh, oh yeah i was that. total antichrist i mean i wouldn't say anti-christian because it wasn't again i wasn't like out after people it was just i was gung-ho all about satan yeah you know i was you know you know people were nothing <laughs> i was all about lucifer yeah. man and and i just but well so let's 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 talk, talk about that part in your life because uh, you know, you just talked about the brokenness and and the weeping for, for uh, you know, as God that's that's God cleansing you. That, that when he when he does that when when that brokenness comes in, he's he's cleansing us from so many of the thoughts, so many of the the impurification that that we've willingly taken on in our life and the choices and that brokenness. But what led you to that? Um, you know, like you said, you were you were seeing that you're on the wrong side, um, but you were dealing with depression and struggles in your life. Well. Yeah, and it was um, my girlfriend had got sent away to Connecticut. In fact, that was the woman I ended up marrying, and we'll get there. But um, the her mother sent her away to Connecticut to get away from me, basically, because I was such a vile creature. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so i mean you know i ended up i ended up yeah i ended up doing like a month and a half in uh, the psych ward on meds and everything because that's how i know how to play chess so well that's all i did <laughs> yeah but um oh which yeah, we haven't I tested spent, our skills uh, yet I yeah, yeah. play you in chess. yeah well i've beaten <laughs> state champions so we're gonna we're gonna check that well out. see I, I don't play i don't necessarily play fair I, I, I try to I distract my opponents okay. well, yeah. as much as I play that works game. that works that works um anyway I uh but yeah I I mean I went in psych ward and all that but that was after I already got saved I already got saved and um you know and then I was just I, and that was why I, they put me in there for depression because I got saved and I totally changed I totally changed and you know I just was staying at home didn't go see nobody didn't hang out with nobody didn't go party no nothing man mm-hmm. you know and they put me in a psych ward for it when <laughs> yeah, I like it's so, <laughs> like right you know yeah, they the, put me on meds well, they, so. didn't understand <laughs> that. They, they didn't know the change and what was going on in your heart right. they didn't understand that they, you know that to them that was there's something wrong <laughs> right right I, I totally cha- that was it as I totally changed you know I totally you know I, I mean you know yeah that's <laughs> that's that's exactly yeah. what happened, pretty much. 
Well, so this turning point that you're describing, um, and one of the things that is unique about your testimony that, well, not, you know, not that no one has had similar type of things, but one of the things that is, stands out to me is that because you came to the Lord in such an organic, natural way, meaning that you, it wasn't somebody coming to you. It wasn't you going, you know, being involved in a group of people that were teaching you and, 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 and discipling you with knowledge of the scriptures and things like that, which is good. That's not, that's not bad, but, but ultimately every one of us have to encounter God on that natural level. No, honestly. And yes, I, I mean, what you're getting at is, and that's the way I actually see it. It was like, I, I basically turned to evil by the devil. Pretty much nobody got me into it. But then I also turned to God by God. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. <laughs> that's what, and, and that's a key and, point. Right. And it, there was really nobody interacting with me in between there. You yeah. know what I mean? It was it was just like just new. Well, and, I, and I'll know? preach on that point for just a minute. Because I think this is something that the church kind of needs to grab a hold of. We need to understand that even even if it's a child who's great raised in a Christian home, who's, who's never been exposed to a lot of different evil coming to the Lord... Um, the, the, the reality is God's dealing with that person. We think of it, well, they've learned, they've, they've, got, they've understood what baptism is, they understand what this is, and, we, and so we, we're like, okay, you're responding to the Lord. But the reality is, it's, it is an individual relationship with God that everyone must have. And a lot of times, we're, we're not allowing that. We're actually um, packaging our faith into so much teaching and so much control that the person isn't able to fully develop that or even experience it at all. Sometimes salvation, honestly, from my perspective, is that is they just believe because it's groupthink. They're part of a group that does this, and so that's what they do. And that's not a bad thing. It's good to have positive influence of you know peer pressure in our life. That positive peer pressure is a good thing. But ultimately, you have to know God. You have to encounter Him. And so there's no way to describe what happened to you but by anything other than God did it Himself. Right. You know, and that, well, that was, that was one of the things, man, like I said, you know, I, I bawled, I mean, I have just done just totally anti-Christian blasphemous type of stuff, you know what I mean? And just, I mean, like turning the cross upside down and spitting on the cross. I mean, it was crucifixes and mm-hmm. stuff, which, you know, but I, you know, just stuff that I was very remorseful of doing, man, and, you know, knew that it, I was wrong, you yeah. know, and that's the stuff that... I mean, a lot of the just nasty stuff that's come out of my mouth and, you know, was, yeah, no. well, and when, when you're in that type of life, you know, the influences around you and the choices that you're making at a very young age, you know, most people aren't making those choices until late teenage years and you're experiencing this at five, six, seven years old. Um, the beginning of a lot of those things, a lot of people don't even encounter until later. So you have, there's a, those, those are, I think we call them the formative years of, of your life being formed, um, you didn't even get a chance to to experience the you know just the the years of childhood where you don't even think about life in in the sense of beyond you know I want to have fun today and you know that's the simplicity of it that actually because you're exposed to it you actually went to Satanism like you said it was it was exciting it gives you the power and the and the yeah to do what you want do what you want yeah. right it's yeah. all about do what you want and get do what you want and get evil and serve the devil you know because the devil governs riches right that yeah. was the whole thing that was the whole concept so so after this turning after after you've had this point you know this is over several years period of time um, in your life you um, you said you started to go to a church. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually, um, 
there was a about the time I was seventeen. I was actually no, I because I wanted to read the whole Bible. I was planning on reading the Bible cover to cover. All right, but when I got to so and so, we got so and so, we got so and so. After about one hundred fifty, I couldn't take it anymore. It's like okay, man, I'm going to go to the New Testament. I want to know what Jesus said. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what it's all about. And um, but he's the center of history and the center of our lives, and knowing right, what he has to say right, right. is important. Right, and that that was it. Is I wanted to know what Jesus said. You know, because I knew. You know, I knew Jesus was real, man. Yeah. It wasn't. You know, there wasn't. Again, you know, it wasn't like I, I didn't go to church with anybody. Well, let know? me give a plug about my podcast. Yeah, right. I just had an episode about faith that right. just came out. And so understanding that, because what you just described is that this is you're not believing something that you just told were told. And right. even if you were told something true, that's that's the key is you can believe lies. But when you've encountered God, it's not about a belief. You know who God is. You encountered him, the reality. And there's not a matter of, well, if something goes awry and later in life, something happens, you can be like, well, I, you know what? What I was taught, it wasn't real. You can't, you don't have that. You know, it's real and you can't ever be shaken from that foundation. That's the sure foundation of faith. solid rock. Yeah. I stand, man. That's, that's it, dude. You know, and it's like, you know, I mean, I love God more than my children. And I want my children to love God more than me. Yeah. Not that they do, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, yeah, that's, uh, and we'll, yeah. we'll get there in just a little bit. That's that's a that's a another thing because we were talking about how you know this story is about you coming to the Lord, but it's also about the process of the years following that. So back to the back to the church that you went to. Okay, uh, yeah, I went to the church. I went to a church, and I was going. I was actually going with a friend of mine because this was a non-denominal church. But I was going with a friend of mine because he actually was forced to go to church. I actually wanted to go with him, you know. But we would literally go walk, go in the parking lot playing like metal church and malice and uh-huh. all this stuff, <laughs> like metal, you know. Driving a like this real nice Trans Am, we used to bring that and it had a you know killer yeah. stereo. But we'd literally every time we pulled in the driveway, they made sure they had it cranking metal every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, because like I said, he was being forced to go there. Yeah. But um, I actually wanted to go, and. Um, but I really liked the way the preacher spoke and, you know, what he preached about. And I really liked it. And I asked him to baptize me. Well, he, well, we got to have a meeting and all this stuff, you know. I mean, like, I felt like he was going to judge whether I was worthy to be baptized. Yeah. And that really kind of offended me, man. And I just was, I had much less desire to go. I really liked this dude. I liked the way he preached. And, well, it was and like, you know. And that, that's a, a great point because the... Um, the truth is, he he may have been a really good guy, right. and he may not have intended it that way. But coming to when you're when you're approaching someone who has come to the Lord, and you're, you know, we, we I call it Christianese. We speak a language that someone in the world doesn't understand, and so we talk about things, and they're like, um, I don't know what you mean, or it feels awkward. Like in your case, it felt like he was judging you when he he may not have intended it, but that's what came across, and it, and it pushed you out of the church <laughs> right well you know and that's what actually now what my friend had told me though he was like well well he was just you know because they were making the excuses for him right away mm-hmm. but you know he just wanted to know whether you actually been saved right. and realized and, and that's, I know a lot of people that, you know, feel that, that way, was yeah. the whole thing but I was I was asking him to be baptized, you know what I mean, and for him to well, we need to have a meeting, you know, and discuss this. No, you know, I, I'm religion, asking you to be baptized. I want to be baptized. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Well, our religion <laughs> has to meet reality. These are, these are points that I make. You know, I talk about different things in my podcast. That's one of the things that I talk about 
is how we've got to understand that the way we think of things oftentimes is just a packaged thing that's not really close to the reality. And so the reality of understanding when you encounter someone, their life has turned around and there's nothing wrong with asking questions and him wanting to know your story a little bit, but we also, a lot of times we're like, okay, well, have you gone through all the, the steps of, of the, you know, the Romans road to salvation? Do you understand that? Have, do you, have, you know, have you done this? And you may not even know what the Romans road to salvation is <laughs> still, saying, because I, that's a little I more don't technical. know what that is. It's a little more technical than what a lot of, and that's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad because the Romans road to salvation describes our, our salvation, how we are sinners and how we come to the Lord and, and what you had already experienced, but you don't know that in the scriptural level. There's nothing wrong with teaching that and explaining that, but the reality is when you meet God, you meet God. And no amount of, I love this part because God's grace is so powerful that he reaches us while we're still sinners. Jesus died for us while we're still sinners. His love reaches us while we're still sinners. And he reaches out to us and he shows us who he is and we respond or we don't. And when we respond, we're embraced. You know, and that's, and that's what's always held me on, you know, even through all the tough times, rough times, I and him and he and me, man, I'm yeah. solid rock. I stand, <laughs> I know what's up and you know, I, God knows me, God knows my heart. And you know, even when I wasn't in the best of places, you yeah, know, exactly. I, I Preach it. still, for it. you know, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, you know, I, uh, it, he is, and I don't really. And, you know, because of, of all the things that, you know, where I know I've things I've said and done and, you know what I mean? I don't really like to come off like I'm St. William, <laughs> you know, because I'm not, you know what I'm saying? But, but you are <laughs> but, in, in before God, I, you know, I know you're what you're saying. I get, I totally feel you. But we, we have this idea of that. Holier than ex God. Exactly. But the truth is when God calls us, that's what we become. We, the Bible calls us saints. We become saints. We're, we're made pure or made holy before God, even though we, we still make many choices that are wrong. The process is what we're in. The salvation of who we are and the things of the past and our soul is being cleansed and, and renewed. Romans 12 says, you know, uh, to have our minds renewed, you know, right. and that's that's the process that we're in. Well, and that well, and part of that, too, by the way, is I don't want to come off like I am St. William and, you know, have people think that I'm just, you know, oh, I'm St. William and then not be versus <laughs> I'd rather you think that I'm total dirt bag and, and not be than think that I'm some saintly person and not be, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good, it goes back in the whole hypocrisy type thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, you know, there's all different levels of that. And that. That's a great place to be. I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't want to be walking into a room and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, that's Nehemiah Ward. He he's a minister of the gospel and he does he he has a podcast. Well, you know, like that's some big deal. But we can do that. And that and having that humility of like, you know what? I'm just a follower of Jesus. I'm, that's that's all. That's all I am. And my heart longs to know Him more. And if that is something that He pours into me that I can touch other people and teach other people, then great. That's what I want Him to do with. <laughs> So, okay, so uh, during this time, this is not, not long after that, that church experience, um, your girlfriend from, from well, high school yeah, it'd been, age. Well, it had been a few years right. in between there. Okay, she comes, she, she's been away. She comes back to Ohio. Yeah, comes back, yeah, with two kids from two different guys. Oh, yeah. Should have been my first clue. <laughs> yeah, should have given you a little bit <laughs> yeah. of, of, of a clue. <laughs> 
a little bit of a clue of what you were supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. But like I said, this is the process. You know, I know a little bit. Some, some, some of these, things, these type of things can make us uncomfortable. Well, I was serving the Lord, but I did this, but I did that. But that's not, that's okay. It's not that the process, not that the mistake is okay, but that the process that God has you in, He knows where He's working, and we want to judge and and say, well, you made that mistake, so you obviously didn't know Jesus. But so okay, I'll go back. Okay, so your girlfriend moves back to town. Yeah, she she moved back to town and pursued me pretty insistently. So it wasn't it wasn't yeah I wasn't all that enamored with her at this point. But you know she was pretty persistent. So we ended up together, and then she got pregnant. Obviously, how how, how old again? This is twenty one years. Well, old. yeah, I'm probably like twenty one about okay. this time. And she ended up getting pregnant, and then um, after my and then uh, well I don't know if you want to put this in here. So we'll do go a for little, it. Little break. Well, I mean, and in between that time, because again, and I wasn't really all that into her. She just kept coming around, and obviously we were sleeping together. And um, but anyway, she once she got pregnant, she started playing little head games, and then I um, uh, we weren't together. I mean, because that you know, definitely after she was pregnant, we were together. You know what I mean? But then she was playing little head games with me, and we weren't together. And you know, I was talking about getting back with her ex husband and all this crap, and. So on and so forth, you know, because Jay wanted his dad and, you know, Jason. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, all the dynamics of, my of those steps, kind of relationships. Yeah, that was all the, my, uh, my stepson. And, um, she, you know, like I said, was, was playing little head games. And then, and then, you know, one night I was out drinking with some friends and, um, I was so, I didn't want to drive home and, um, this one lady had given me a ride home. At, well, she was supposed to be giving me a ride home. She was supposed to be taking me home and took me to her house and said, is this okay? And of course I said, you know, but anyway, I, I have another daughter like that's only four months away from my um, oldest. And I mean, literally I had all three of my kids in one year to the day. My My son and daughter were born... April 25th of 91 and 92. Yeah. But in between there, because my ex-wife, who wasn't my wife at that point, was playing little head games, and I ended up having a one-night stand with somebody else. Yeah. And um, so I have another daughter who is also very resentful that she's brought up a one-night stand, too, of course, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. But she is real, you know. And she's another story altogether. <laughs> well, and, so, you know, I like to touch on different biblical things as we're doing, going through that kind of. A lot of these things are difficult. Yes, it's sin. It's wrong. But the real reason why it's wrong is because of this. The product of, of a child being born in these type of circumstances ends up making their life difficult. And they end up having resentment. They end up having bitterness. And, very and their life becomes tormented or destroyed by the those things. And so that... You know, it's not just about right and wrong. Yes, God said don't do it, so we shouldn't do it. But if we understand that this is something that is really more about what happens because of doing the wrong. Not that God said don't do it, so it's wrong, but that it really does harm people. It destroys people's life, makes life difficult, makes it where you you can't have that connection and the unity. You're supposed to be connected with your children, but they're separated because of the one night stand or because of the circumstances of, of a bad relationship. And I'm not judging anyone who has gone through that. The grace of God covers all those types of things. But we do have to recognize and see it. And that's why I like to preach that. I like to show that, hey, it's not just about, oh, I made a mistake, so I made a, I sinned. No, 
what I did is really wrong. It messes somebody's life up. And so that's what I like to point out about she's, that kind of thing. She's pretty messed up, dude. I mean, like, anyway, yeah, like, yeah, that's a whole other story. So, so through this process, uh, she came back at 21, went, then you guys got Yeah, yeah together. we got together, and then, um, uh, you know, of course, we had two kids. We didn't actually get married until I got informed I was getting married. <laughs> I, I was... I was bringing home about a thousand dollars a week after after checks and everything, and uh, you know we had a pretty good stash. Saved this is up. in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good money. <laughs> yeah, and and so she spends like five grand on wedding rings and comes and tells me we're getting married. <laughs> oh, okay. And of course I wasn't going to argue because I didn't want to lose my kids. Man. Yeah. So I got married, but I didn't actually want to marry her. Yeah. You know, because of all the stuff, because she, you know, like we, we've had many discussions about God and I've tried to tell her and so on and so forth. And she's still like doubting whether God exists type thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, and your life at this point is starting to take that turn. You've already had the kids and you're, and you're starting to take that, uh, get away I'm, from partying and getting away from the things. Oh, no, I'd done gotten away yeah. from partying. You know I mean? Like soon as, soon as Cassandra was born, man, I was, I was done. I mean, I was pretty much a going to work man i got a daughter dude yeah. you know what i mean but i mean well i used to i was i, was, I did uh, of course yeah, i know you know this but i i used to uh do lead vocals in a metal band and stuff you know so i've i've been around a little bit but mm -hmm. um um yeah i mean you know and that's all i did was party man i mean like my my younger i mean again and that was even having after i got but saved. just another but again about your life you know you were you were working didn't you go back to school during this time too? well i did i yeah I, I went back to school and got a divorce right <laughs> during in the middle of it right yeah i went back to school uh microcomputer electronics engineering and during the middle of going to school that's when she started playing more little head games pretty vile about the whole thing and then, uh, like, just tried to screw up my life for every way, shape, and form she possibly could, man. Ruined my credit and everything. I mean, just having ran an affair out. on Yeah. Well, she proclaimed she wasn't actually having an affair, but she moved out. And then, of course, you know, she was seeing him at that point. Yeah. But, um... So it's getting know. more and more messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and, um, Yeah, that... And that was the whole thing. Her leaving was no real big deal. Losing my kids was yeah. everything, man. That messed my head up good. I mean, yeah. totally for about five years. I mean, big time. Because that's what crushed me about the whole thing was losing my kids. Yeah. yeah. But God has a plan. He continues to move even in even in these difficult circumstances. And But so God moving. And after after the, you, the divorce, your your wife is, is living hours away from you? Well, yeah, probably about an hour and a half or something like that. But, um, you know, and I've seen on the kids on the weekends and things, but I was actually wanting to move to Florida to see about working at a particular place, you know, down uh, for animation and stuff. But anyway, that's again, that's a, yeah. <laughs> a whole other story. But I lived, ended up moving about two hours away. Well, that's what it was because I was wanting to see about around Orlando. And I was, you know, thinking about, well, how can I move down there type thing, you know, and get stuff situated to move around Orlando. Well, about two weeks later, I have a friend of mine say, hey, you want to move to Florida? Got a job for you. You know, but that ended up being in Okeechobee. He originally said it's around Orlando, right? Yeah. So I totally committed to that. He had lined up, and it was like, you know, I mean, I didn't get to see my kids that often anyway. You know, I had to go drive an hour and a half to go get them. And then, you know, they stayed for with me a couple days every two weeks, you know. So I just, I left, man. Yeah, and that, and that becomes more and more difficult um, as, as you're going through that kind of thing. And um, 
so as as you're going th- in, into that time period, you know, I, I think God was. We, we, I always say this, we're, when God is sculpting something, a person's life, we're always looking for to see the face. You know, we were like, we want to see the details that we're interested in, but God may be sculpting a foot. He may, and so we're like, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? And so the order that we think a person's life is supposed to go, God does it in a unique way, and especially in the circumstances that your life was. He... I think the separation away from all these types of things didn't take place in no, your life I, until you I, went to Florida. Dude, I, I'm telling you, that, that was just it. I mean, I was just, couldn't take it. And it was one thing after another. And then, you know, like just, I, you know, yeah. And so God I begins just, this process of separating you, this. yeah, of separating you out <laughs> of the, of, of this, this life that you've been living, even though you've been serving God and wanting to, to, to pursue God, you're still entangled with so many things around you. And so this process of going forward, that's what, that's what I see when I hear your story is that God, God's taken that opportunity to, to okay, now I'm going to remove Bill from, from this so I can begin to lead him the direction I want him Get to Get away take. from the nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Little, you know, of course, constant games. <laughs> So you get to Florida. I know some some different details you've told me about that, but the experience of living down there um, and the jobs you were working. What, what was going on with that? Uh, well, I went down there. I was running. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what what part? I Did, mean, well, well, yeah. I mean, I, what jobs well, were you doing? And oh well, a job. I was actually working for Cab Jink, and that's why I just took the job. I got I got offered a job. I mean, because I have got a lot of experience on forklift and stuff like that. I was actually running a big. Uh, Wiggins uh, forklift pig doing like 14 pallets and doing uh, vacuum cooling, running mm-hmm. uh, vacuum coolers like anhydrous ammonia type stuff. And um, like that facility alone, and they've expanded since I've left, um, that facility alone doing like a one and a half million pounds of like cabbage and stuff like that. That's oh, yeah. I worked all the time down there, <laughs> man. A, a week. We'd do like one and a half million pounds of cabbage a week down there. And, uh, anyway, that, um, uh, um, I mean, down there, really, I just, I just, uh, worked all the time, really. I mean, I lived in Florida, but I never yeah. went to the beach. <laughs> I went, I went to Jensen beach one time and went and looked at the ocean and left. And so, and other than that, I mean, I pretty much worked. And then, um, I actually started helping run a, um, internet cafe down there. And, you know, of course, that's how I got into playing World of Warcraft and all that stuff because I was I had kids in there all day, every day <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. But um, anyway, I and then just, you know, from there, I I left and moved up here. A friend of mine that I had met at the computer shop because it was a computer shop, too. It's That's what we used to work on computers, work on computers and um, doing um well, you know, like I said, it was an internet cafe, so we did coffee and the whole nine. But, um, and a friend of mine, I ended up, uh, after I got laid off at Cabbage Inc., because I was just doing that, like, part-time. I mean, I was there a lot, but I was really working there, and I was getting unemployment, and because I, I would have to claim that. <laughs> you know, I would claim it, and I was doing that. But, I mean, I used to hang out there pretty much all the time. <coughs> but. Um, How long were you down there? Like three and a half years. Now, during that time, it was like three and a half years, but I actually went up when I was working for Cabbage Inc. Would, I've been, to, like, I'd have to go to North Carolina for a few weeks, then 
a couple months in Michigan or Ohio, and then well, spent a few weeks in Kentucky and just traveled around a lot. Yeah. And then pretty much was just I rented a little apartment by the time you know, before I moved, I was just renting a little like apartment and had all my stuff in storage. Yeah, but um, so um, then you ended up coming to the friend of mine. Land. Yeah, friend of mine uh, talked me into moving up here because I was on unemployment at that time. And um, he ended up talking me into moving up here, and he lives in Orlando now. By the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I here's I just, Tennessee, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the great state of Tennessee. Yes, the great, very great. <laughs> but that I can't say. No, that. no, I joke about I have, that. But but I've been, you know, I've visited a lot of different places by my standard, not necessarily like some other people. And I've always said that I love the different places that I've seen up the East Coast and Florida and West Coast, the mountains, Colorado. I love Colorado. But I would choose to live here. This is right. this is the place I would choose to live. You know, actually, living in Connecticut, uh, when I lived in Connecticut, I literally lived about a block away from the ocean. Mm-hmm. Never been swimming in the ocean. <laughs> you did fishing, though. Yes, I have went fishing. Okay. In the ocean. What, 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 how old were you, were you when you were in Connecticut? Uh, you skipped over that. Oh, uh, well, that was when my son was born, so probably about 24. Okay. I was raising four kids by the time I was like 23, 24. Okay. All right, so so you, your friend talks you into coming to Tennessee, and uh, well, and then I met some other friends, Jane, Chuck, Skipper, and uh, they started insisting I go to church with them out of Miracle Deliverance Tabernacle, mm-hmm. and then that's where I met Anthony Wynn. And when I asked Anthony Wynn to baptize me, he said yes. He baptized you. Good. He said yes. <laughs> yes. And that's one thing I and I love that. Well, and that's one thing I have to say. See, I've <laughs> I've known the Wynn family um, my whole life, um, and one thing I have to give you know I love Anthony, such a such a tender, loving, and sweet man. And I've seen him deal with people in all different kinds of circumstances. And I've seen him, you know, a friend of mine was tell, talking about how he he used to wear like the you know the big spike collars and and all this other stuff. You know, he was all tough. I'm, you know, I'm a skateboarder. I'm, and the, the and Anthony walks up to him and he was expecting him to kind of you know give him a hard time because he's the pastor and my friend said anthony just looked at him and said said hey what do you what do you call these things and just asked him about the clothes that he was wearing that he was doing it out of out of a, a bad attitude but anthony didn't treat him as as a rebellious teenager who had a bad attitude he just treated him as you know in a friendly way and that, that affected him and touched him and so anthony has that heart and that gift and so, you know, props to our brother Anthony and the pastor uh, that for embracing you when you when you came. Yeah, that <laughs> was no hesitation too. And trust me, I was looking for it. I, it was no hesitation. It was yes. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you're my guy, man. Sorry, hit you so hard. Well, yeah, and that. So, so at this point. For the first time in your life. Speaking of you're my guy, I absolutely <laughs> love this dude, man. I, I really do. <laughs> well, and so so you've come to Tennessee, you you meet um, the skippers, and they talk you into or force you <laughs> to come to church. Yeah. And so you meet Anthony, you get baptized, and you're now attending church for the first time on a right. regular basis. Right. Yep, that, that was it. And I so ever know. since then, this uh, what year is this? This is. Um, uh, the one I moved here, yeah, uh, 2009. Well, no, I started going to church in Anthony's 2010, okay. and I've been going there ever since. There was actually I was uh, had some serious stuff going on with over nasty reaction of uh, uh, 
sulfa antibiotics, which, so I wasn't there for a while because I was in a real bad way. Yeah. It's like, what kind of moron injects sulfur into people and nearly yeah, killed so, me so with that ask, crap? Ask, talk, have conversations when you're getting prescriptions, because I have several friends who've had lifelong ailments because they took a prescription without asking. And if you just find out a little bit more, a lot of times they'll give you a different prescription that'll help you and not cause the problem. So that's a side issue, not spiritual necessarily, but it's important. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the only time that I haven't I haven't went there was when uh, I had a real nasty react. I was in, I was rough, dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, real rough. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's so rough. I don't even. And so okay, <laughs> so through this time, you're you're establishing your life you you had your own business in right town. doing computers yeah and um i'd heard about you i think i may have even met you during that time because i watched yeah. windows in town and and your neighbor that you were written yeah. the, from the, the space from skippers. yeah the skippers are, are, are trying to get you to have me wash your windows and and you're i remember you're like well you know i, I have curtains over my windows i don't really need them washed well yeah well I, yeah i have yeah that well so we weren't friends I we had, didn't know each other i had all kinds of stuff on the man i jane wanted just wanted me to go in and tear everything apart so you could wash the windows I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll get it, man. Don't yeah. worry about it. Well, it's funny because we didn't know each other, didn't know this was going on, that we were going to become friends later on. Right. And so over, over the years, but then you're, you, um, you now, um, you don't, you don't have that business right. anymore. I, and now you are working at Anthony's Oasis Ministries, it's Oasis TV Ministries, Anthony Wynn, Miracle Deliverance, Tabernacle is the church. So, but, so I just the reason I point that out is because I've worked there for like seven years. So you, you've been working there for a long time now, and but you, this is this is how God does things in our life, from from having no nothing to do with uh, you know a, a spiritual life, anti God, <laughs> satanic, to now you are at church. Every day, literally every all day, day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's your job is right. to is to work, and, and it's a real job. Is you know, and and um, Saturday is the, the the Sabbath day yeah. is the only day I don't go to church. <laughs> exactly, and so that I just find that you know, it's it's God has a sense of humor, right. and to, to take a person like you, and now that's your job. That's right. where you work, and you go to church. And um, so, you know, we're tying this up, coming to the end of the story. But so we had we had met sort of, but not personally. Right. And um, through a mutual friend, um, Esther Libby, um, she invited, we were getting together, uh, a group of us were going bowling. Well, we was going to go hiking, yeah. but if it got rained out, we were going to go bowling. So it got rained out. So we ended up going bowling or going hiking. Yeah. I might have said that wrong. And, and that's when you and I met for the first right. time. Uh, in a social situation right and so from, from that we turned into a friendship getting to, to know you more and more and doing lots of fun things like kayaking and, 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 and more time kayaking and, yeah more kayaking <laughs> and more kayaking is there anything else but kayaking because that's life right yeah no, <laughs> no we love the river for sure yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so so that was about 2021 that's where that's where we moved yeah. on to and so that's where God has you. And so I'll just, just say this, you know, hearing your story and, and I, you know, when you're recording things like this, you're always leaving stuff out. There's so many different details and we didn't know exactly how long to take or, or where to go. But your story touched me when, when we first got started becoming good enough friends to actually start talking about some of those details. I was just inspired because I was like, you know, he's Bill. He goes to church and he's he works for the church. And that, that's the guy I know. I didn't know all this stuff. So I'm like, my eyes are open to the history of your life. And it's it's encouraging to see a person 
grow, to come through those things, and also seeing the hand of God in your life right now. Because he's doing a work in you and pouring into you in ways that, that um, you know, would just have been unimaginable 10, 20 years, 30 years ago, especially. All those things would have just been impossible to imagine. And so, you know, I love you and I'm so glad to have met you and to be able to do this with you. But getting to know you, seeing God at work in your life. And it's an encouragement. It, it really is. And so I love being your friend and being able to do this with you. And so, again, I appreciate you, do, you doing this Thanks, man. and putting out the appreciate effort to record this to with me. Do it. Um, by the way, something I know we didn't really clarify, but I would hope it wouldn't fall into question. But because of, like, the whole molestation thing, you know, so many people saying you're molested. <laughs> it was not a guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't go there. Never been yeah. there. Well, I, th- I, think that, I think that was clear. <laughs> well, well, because oh, because I said somebody said you were molested. You know what yeah. I mean? It's usually yeah. when you hear molestation yeah, or anything like that. It's always guys. who was not a guy. <laughs> so you know, I just wanted to clarify that because never been there, ain't going there. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? yep. I just didn't want to. You know. Well, you know, I think we've, and again, we've covered. You the... may want to cut that, but yeah, we might cut that out. <laughs> yeah, but. That, that's the beauty of being able to record well, like this. I just I don't want anybody, you know, because as soon as you start talking molestation or something, yeah, some people's mind. Oh yeah, there. some dude, <laughs> some dude was, you know what I mean? No, no, it was it was a woman, it was a girl. Yeah. Well, you know, that's as we're as we're dealing with this. You know, your story has so many different ups and downs and twists and turns, and um, I'm, I'm I really appreciate you doing this, and I think we've about tied it up so i hope that this really does bless different people as as this goes out and and you can share this with friends and again i i i always forget to do this like subscribe um share this with your friends these types of stories these type of things that, that i'm sharing on my podcast are intended to bless the body of christ we, bill and i right as we started this that's one thing i talked to him because he's my first guest doing this is you just we just sat here and we prayed and we seek the Lord and ask him to lead our thoughts, to, to give us the insight of where we need to go, what we need to cover. And, and when I'm doing the different episodes, that's what I'm doing. I, I spend a, a way more time praying and thinking about it and asking God to lead me than I do actually recording because that's the most important thing. So I love you guys, and we'll be back next time. See you.